everyone, and welcome to the Balanced Purpose Podcast. My name is Ray Trevino, and I am your host. Each week, we will explore the essential elements of living a fulfilling, balanced, and meaningful life. Our podcast brings together entrepreneurs, business executives, coaches, and everyday people like you and me who have seen challenges and have overcome adversities to create success and find balance in their lives. Whether you're a young professional seeking to make an impact in your career, a parent looking to balance work and family life, or a retiree seeking to create a new purpose, our podcast is something for everyone. So join us as we delve into the world of living a balanced and purposeful life and discover how you can create a life of balance and purpose for yourself. Today's guest is the founder of Redefining Success, co-creator of the Brain Forest Foundation, She is a coach, a mentor, and a manifestation superstar. I'd like to welcome Ruta to our show. Ruta, how are you today? I'm brilliant, excellent, and super excited. How are you doing? I am doing awesome. This is going to be such a fun-filled show. I'm really excited to hear all about you and your journey. And if you don't mind, would you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and maybe throw in a fun fact that most people don't know about you? Sure, my pleasure. First of all, I am originally from Lithuania and I lived in six countries across Europe before landing in the jungle of Brazil. And now I am settled here with my partner Tio and our three doggies. And what we do here is we're organizing retreats, we're building a retreat center, like you mentioned, the Brain Forest, where we help individuals to reconnect with themselves and work on their inner world and basically find joy and peace and alignment whenever they go back home so that they live in alignment with who they truly are. And a fun fact, I was born in the Soviet Union right before it collapsed. So Lithuania became independent or reclaimed its independence right after I was born. So that's a fun fact about me. That's quite the journey. Yeah. So what countries have you lived in? I lived in Lithuania, Austria, in Vienna, Berlin, Germany. I lived in the Netherlands, in Brussels, Belgium, and in the southwest coast of Portugal before coming to Brazil. Ah, Portugal, my mother country. Oh, yes. So what took you on that journey? What led you to all the countries? Was it your family, parents? No, not at all. Actually, since I was a teenager, I knew that I wanted to explore the world. And also, I knew that I wanted to explore the mind at the same time. But I didn't know how. So at the time, I was considering studying psychology. But last minute, decided not to because I didn't want to listen to people's problems. And I was like, you know what? I will just study something else. But this desire to explore, to go on adventures, still lived inside of me. And that's why I decided to go abroad after finishing my bachelor degree in the capital city of Lithuania. So that's when I went to Berlin for the first time. And I lived in cities at first. I was like, okay, I'm a city girl. I enjoy living in big cities. I enjoy this multidimensional environment, multicultural communities and all of that. Until one day I realized that in fact, it wasn't really fulfilling me because I felt like I was having the typical life that I wasn't fully resonating with. And at some point, I came to a conclusion that I want to actually go back to connecting with nature more. And I fell in love with the Portuguese coastline in the National Park of Vicentina. 
And that is where I moved without any plan. I was like, I have no idea why I'm going there. All I know is that I love that place. It's absolutely gorgeous. I don't know anyone there. So I did it all by myself alone. And really all of that was just a quest for searching for my soul, searching for purpose, searching for alignment, searching for a life that was more in tune with who I really am and not living according to what society suggests, what family expects. And here I am. Today, I live in Brazil in the jungle simply because I want to. <laughs> so what led you to the coastline of, of Portugal? How did you find that specific destination from Berlin? I went on a road trip with my then partner from Spain to Lisbon. So we were traveling along the coast and it was terrible in Spain because it was summer season. It was beginning of September. I was in Sevilla and it was 52 degrees Celsius. It's so hot, you can't imagine. So I don't know how much that is in, in Fahrenheit, but it was so hot that even locals were showing me with fingers like, can you understand what that means? So basically, instantly we changed our plans and we went to Portugal. And as soon as I saw the southwest coast and I was standing on the edge of the cliff and I saw the power of the ocean. I saw that nature. I felt how small I was compared to nature and compared to my environment, what I was witnessing around me. I realized, you know what? I have to live here one day. I will live here one day. And that statement, not only that it felt right, it felt like it's exactly what will happen. It's not something like, I wish to live there one day. Oh, I'm going to make it happen one day. It was like, I know I'm going to live there one day. And that was back in 2016, I believe, the first time. And then end of 2020, I made that happen. So it was a complete shift because I had no idea how it was going to happen, how it was going to unfold. I didn't have a job. I don't speak Portuguese. So it was like, how the hell am I going to make it happen? Uh, but it happened. You manifested it and figured it out in between. That's like a dream for many of us, just to pack our bags and go somewhere without a plan. This is where I'm going. Don't know how it's going to happen, how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. That's quite the shift from Berlin. Now, when you were in Berlin, did you notice that people complained a lot? Is that one of the things about the city? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. My feeling in the city was that everyone is in this concrete jungle. Now I live in the actual jungle. And at the time it was the concrete jungle. And in the concrete jungle, people have very different attitude and perspective on life and different problems. And they focus on different things. And what I realized when I decided to move to Portugal and when I did move to Portugal was that there's so much more freedom in your existence when you are more connected to nature, when you are more immersed in the forest or beach or whatever other nature you have around you. And in the city, specifically in that case in Berlin, it's a great city, I have to say. It's a really awesome city to live in. And it's one of those cities that is very, very different from the rest of Germany. So if Germans would say like, yeah, Germany is very stiff and very hard and very controlling and all of that. And there are a lot of rules like Germany has this image, but Berlin is quite the opposite. It's like, is the alternative of the rest of Germany. And so when I lived there, it was awesome in so many ways, but at the same time, 
I felt like it was too limiting. You always have to think about your survival. You always have to think about your housing situation, your rental, or to buy a property, or to have a job, to make a living, to survive, unless you have other means to make it happen. And when I moved away, I realized how nature has everything that you need. And it's so much easier. It's so much more attuned to who you really are, where you come from, your heart. And it's just so much more fun also to be in a place where there's always this connection, not only with your surrounding, but also with yourself. It's organic and it's natural. And I love everything you just said. And, and here's why, because you, you're a free spirit, a very free spirit. I, I could tell from the first time I met you. And so when you, you take a look at the two different concepts about the city jungle and the actual jungle, the city jungle, the concrete jungle, I don't view it that way at all. I view the city and there I've been to a lot of cities and I, I like traveling and going different places. I prefer the outdoors like you. But when I look at the city, I look at the concrete jungle as a concrete prison. And here's why. Because everything inside those walls is still controlled. You drive the way, the direction they want you to. You pay the toll they need you to. You park where they tell you to, right? And when you're in the jungle, it's like, even at the beach, even just away from any of that, it's like, all right, I can make a trail. I can take a trail. I can camp here. I can cut this down, right? Unless there there are limitations. Some of the, the items are protected in some of the national forests here in the United States. But there's still a freedom behind it. And in the city, while you can sometimes feel free, you aren't. You still have to pay attention to rules, to regulations, to laws. You know, and there's still there's a natural law in the jungle. However, when you're in the city, it's not that way at all. Now, have you have you have you always been like this? Let's let's hear about you as as a little girl growing up. Yeah, Were you always absolutely. curious and just wanted to be free, or did you want to do what people told you to? Yeah, in some way. So. It, it was kind of like a paradox, to be honest, because on the one hand, I definitely was curious. And in fact, as a little girl, I remember myself not being so interested in playing with other kids. Whenever there was a, a gathering, like a birthday party or something with other family members and so on, I wasn't as much interested in playing with other kids, but I was more curious to hear what the adults were talking about, even though I didn't understand a word they were saying. And of <laughs> course, they were talking about politics and, you know, all the other things. And I was just curious to learn, so what are they talking about? I'm so curious, what, what are adults all about? So in that way, I was curious and seeking knowledge, seeking something that I wasn't aware of at the time. And yet, at the same time, within my family construct, I was a good girl. So I have an older brother who is four years older than me, and I saw a conflict between my brother and my dad and I was like, okay, if I want to be loved by dad, I need to be a good girl. So if I want to not have a problem with dad and not make dad angry or shout at me, then I need to behave well. So in that sense, I definitely learned this behavior of being a good girl and in a sense, a people pleaser. So that is something that lasted for a very long time until I started actually diving into my inner world to understand, okay, why am I actually people pleasing? Why am I not holding my standards? Why am I not speaking up? Why am I not sharing my truth? Why am I not confronting people, for example? So that's kind of the paradox 
of being a good girl, but at the same time also being curious and free. And independent. Yes. Seems like you know what you wanted at a very young age. Even though I didn't follow through for a very long time. So like I mentioned earlier, I wanted to study psychology. And yes, I didn't follow through because I didn't want to listen to all the like problems of people, what they're facing. And yet, even though I didn't study something that I wanted, when I turned 28, that's when I hired my very first coach and then things started shifting. That's when I started really addressing all of the questions like, okay, so am I actually doing what I want to do? Do I want to live this way? Do I like the people that I hang out with and, and I'm friends with? Do I like my career and what I'm doing? And that's why I basically quit my corporate job and switched into transformational coaching at the time. And then I dove into all topics of consciousness and diving deeper and deeper into really understanding how the mind works and how to create your own reality. It seems like you were embracing love as a little girl and trying to figure out how to get more of that and how to tap into it. Yes. And then it grew. And as you got older, you realized that some people just aren't about love right? Some people are about chaos and destruction <laughs> and then maybe learning why. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great point actually, because it was something that I learned early on that I am lucky enough to say that I was so loved. And even despite the dynamics in the household between my dad and my brother, there was still a lot of love in our family, not only in our small family, but also in the extended family. And also in high school and everywhere else, I was blessed enough to always feel loved. Therefore, by default, I know what love really means, truly from deep down. And that's something that I can say that I help people a lot with finding that true love within themselves and unconditional love. Because a lot of people didn't get to be loved, didn't get that attention, didn't get that acknowledgement, didn't get that acceptance and unconditional support whenever they needed and that's something that I help my clients to do. That's great dharma. Now, what are some identifiable traits when you see somebody and speak to somebody that shows you that they are lacking love? That's a great question. I never thought about it. Whenever someone is seeking something externally, so let's put it this way, when they have a big ego and they're kind of lashing out at other people or walking on other people's heads or in some ways, they are attacking others in order to feel better about themselves. That's a very good indication that they were not very fortunate in their childhood. As well as if someone is quite the opposite, maybe they are like a gray mouse and they are afraid to speak up and they are afraid to share their truth. And they didn't feel like they have the right to express themselves fully. That's another indication. So basically, it's like a spectrum. Either... People are with very big egos and then they're kind of like the bosses and they're very, very harsh in how they approach relationships and other people. Or they're on the other side of the spectrum where they're very calm and kind of hiding behind and it's a completely different story. Gosh, how do you break through to somebody who's completely egotistical and walking on heads, as you said? That's a good analogy, by the way. How would you break through to somebody like that? That's a challenge. But here's the thing, like, I personally don't work with people who don't want to change. Mm -hmm. So how do you help them change is by helping them to be seen because they haven't gotten that acknowledgement that when they were kids. That's why they are now being who they are in order to achieve it or earn it or basically claim it. 
but the way they claim it is a very distorted way. And so the way I normally do that is that if somebody reaches out to me, that's already an indication that they want to let go of these old patterns, become a better version of themselves, become mm -hmm. happier, feel like they have something to offer in this world without having to walk on others' heads and be kind, essentially. So when they do that, when they take that first step, then it's already clear that they have done half of the job mm. because the most difficult part is to come to the realization that, you know what, I'm sick and tired of living this way and I want to be happier, I want to be better, I want to be more peaceful, I want to be more aligned. And once we start working together, then there are some, of course, there's resistance, there's a lot of different stuff coming up. But what happens behind closed doors in, in our sessions is usually really, really profound because that's where vulnerability comes in. And that's when they start really opening their hearts and being like, yeah, well, as a child, I wasn't seen by my father or I was neglected by my mother or I was forced to do this or I was forced mm -hmm. to do that. And that's why I created this persona to be this person the way I am today, or I used to be. And that's how it normally works. Now, you had mentioned that your mindset had changed when you hired your coach. Was there a specific aha moment? Or at, at what point did you know, you know what, I want to help people? I want to show people how to be kind, how to love. Mm. What was that paradigm shift for you that took you to that place? Great question. So at first, when I started working with her, it was more about me. Like, okay, I am not happy. In my life, there's something wrong. So I need to address something here. And something is in misalignment. So the first year or two, I was just working on myself. In fact, it was probably more like one year that I was working on myself to really just compartmentalize. I was basically analyzing how do I think? Mm -hmm. What do I believe? Why do I believe what I believe? What's important to me? What are my priorities? What do I really envision in my future? How do I want my, my life to unfold? And so when I figured that out, when I crystallized everything, that's when I came to a conclusion that, huh, in fact, the way I am professionally in my life is not really fulfilling because I was doing project management in some digital companies, tech companies at the time for a, quite a while. And I realized that it wasn't fulfilling and, and I really didn't want to contribute to something that didn't really matter to me. Because what did matter to me was to create an environment where people find happiness. And what I noticed was one of the first shifts that happened was that when I was in the office, I noticed that everyone is just pretending. Everybody is having like a lunch break, for example, and everybody's talking about the weather, what they're gonna do on the weekend, what kind of TV show they're going to watch and the politics in the, in the office and gossiping about, you know, other colleagues and stuff like that. And I was like, wait a second. If I don't resonate with any of these topics, I'm sure that there are a lot of other people who also don't resonate with any of this. And they also want something way different and they want to live a completely different life and they want more expansion they want more magnetism they want to be excited they want to be passionate they want to feel like they're contributing to a better world and that was the main click when i realized that within the corporate world there are so many people who don't live the way they really truly desire to live and i no longer work with people in the corporate as much it's more about people who are like running their own businesses, they're doing their own thing. But 
uh, that was the first click that really made all the difference. And that all makes so much sense because when you think about the corporate world in general, everybody's working towards kind of like the same thing. However, it's still under a very structured, this is what you need to do. And there's nothing wrong with structure. There's nothing wrong with it at all. I need to get that out there. But everybody does wear a mask because they're trying to perceive themselves as someone else to get to another level. Or most people, some are just fine and content working wherever they are. And, you know, like the Japanese say, most people wear three different masks. You know, the one we show everyone outside, the one we show our closest friends and family, and then the one we put on for ourselves. And uh, it's stripping through these masks and these outer layers that gets you to to who your natural being is, which is the person you were as a kid. So it's funny how you've mentioned that a couple of times of the childhood, how it 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 designs and it creates who we are as adults and there's no pure form of, of honesty or of life than in a child, you know, and as a father of, of two young children, I see that every day because they're not scared to tell me how it is, right? They, they, they will not hold back. They're going to tell me what they're going to do, what they want. And I think that we've gotten away from that because we're scared of, of societal discipline, right? Well, this is going to happen. You do this or else. And it's a problem that I see with society nowadays that we've lost our identity because everybody's molded into who we think we need to become based on what everyone else says. You know, it took me years to figure it out, right? And and I, I love what you do because you help people strip down that those external layers that get them to their true self, their true being and, and let them be themselves, which is where you find fulfillment, you find love and you find your purpose. And, and working with business owners and entrepreneurs, they usually know what their purpose is, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't be successful business owners or entrepreneurs because they knew what path they wanted to take. They knew what they wanted to do. Some are, are inherited businesses, you know, but for the most part, the majority of, of small business owners had a passion, had a goal, and, and they did what they needed to do aside from what everybody else says. Now, I'll get off my soapbox real quick. And I, I want to hear more about the, the Brain Forest Foundation. What is that all about? The Brain Forest Foundation is all about creating a retreat center, which we are not quite sure if we want to call it a retreat center because these words somehow have lost its meaning over the mm -hmm. decades. So what we're basically creating, first of all, it's in order to preserve and restore the rainforest in the jungle. That is because... Statistically speaking, the Atlantic rainforest, so not the Amazon, but the Atlantic rainforest that's along the coast of Brazil, at least 85% of it has been destroyed over the decades. Tio, my partner, said that it's even up to 90 or even 95% of it has been destroyed. So it's really crazy what's happening. And that is basically the main reason why we started all of this. Then... My partner was living here in the retreat center, working in a retreat center nearby, and he purchased a land from some local Brazilian people who were doing exactly that, destroying the jungle. And what they did, so they owned this land, and then they started cutting off all the trees in order to plant either banana trees or palm trees in order to basically make a living. And although it's protected and this area is protected under law, the government of Brazil doesn't really do much about it because these individuals who own lands, they don't have even the means to pay fines. 
And so basically there's no way around it except to buy that land and protect it and restore over time. So that is the main reason why we are doing this. Apart from that, that's also why we call it not the rainforest, but the brain forest foundation. That is because we are all about consciousness. We're all about inner work. We're all about the mind mechanics. We're all about how to really master yourself, your mind, your emotional state in order to create your reality. And so we're creating this foundation as a space, as a playground, as an experience for people to come and spend time with us in order to reconnect with themselves, reconnect with nature, be completely immersed in this magical environment called jungle that is right in front of the ocean. And that is through different modalities. So what we do is we organize different ways to really work on yourself, to, to become more attuned and, and more in alignment with who you truly are. So what you said earlier, right before asking this question, you said about this Japanese statement, right, about the three people, th th three personalities that we create. So our idea behind is to merge all those three into one, one single person, one that is in alignment with everything. And that is you know, when you come and spend time with us, when you come in and uh, experience private retreats, for example, which we also organize, um, you get to spend time with us directly and to even live with us, basically. And you will see that the person that I'm here today having this conversation on the podcast with you, Ray, is exactly the same person as I am in my family construct. And it's exactly the same person as when I'm working with my clients. And it's also exactly the same as when I'm completely by myself. So that's the, basically the idea behind to help individuals to, to be who they truly are and to make the most out of their life and to really design their life in the way they feel like it's the most purposeful, the most aligned and the most exciting for them, the most passionate and basically bringing them to where they want to be. How do you do that? That's kind of a difficult task. We actually had a interview yesterday, Sushma. That's one of the things that she does is make sure that she works with executives and CEOs also, that who they are at work is who they are at home because oftentimes people are two different people, three different people because of the way society creates us. What are some of the things that you guys do there to help mold all those masks together? So first of all is getting rid of all of those masks and stories through coaching, through um, very powerful conversations when you start understanding why do you even need that mask to begin with? Why did you put that mask back in the day? Whether that was when you were a child, maybe in your teenage years, maybe when you were an adult already. Uh, there is always a reason behind why we put certain masks. And those reasons why are usually in order to keep you safe. So maybe that's in order to uh, avoid pain of rejection, avoid being hurt, uh, avoid being seen as stupid or something like that. So basically we put on masks in order to appear a certain way, in order to build this image of who we would like to be. So when we start unpeeling that onion and start really understanding, okay, so why did you actually create all these masks and, and 
are you ready to let go of these masks? And are you ready to be vulnerable and share who you really are and how you really think and what you really feel and what you really believe? Are you ready to really speak up and stand up for yourself of who you really are? And getting rid of also fears of other people's opinions, for example. A lot of people are afraid of what their family is going to say, what their friends are going to say, what their colleagues are going to say, what their business partners are going to say. So all of these things we are unpeeling, all of the beliefs we are unbelieving in the process. And in mm. fact, we are going beyond beliefs where there is no such thing as beliefs anymore. There is no such thing as attachment to certain stories, to certain realities. It's not really about that anymore. You become so pure and you become so free that you don't care anymore how it appears. It's, it's not about holding on to some kind of a story or belief or perspective. It's more like, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. That's awesome. Isn't it amazing how our mind will hold on to attachments and then create stories which turn into fears out of that? It's so wild to me how that works, how, how the concept seems so simple, yet it's so, so difficult. It is. You know, for a it lot is. of us to even believe that. It's a path that all of us have to go through. And that's probably the, the one thing that, um, for me, it really breaks my heart. The fact that still, even though everyone goes through it, everyone adopts certain belief systems and stories and attachments that so few people on this planet do the work in order to get out of that and in order to free themselves and even less so people who actually make it happen. Because there are a lot of people who keep on healing, keep on searching, keep on reading books, keep on consuming, keep on having conversations, hiring coaches and therapists and all of that. And they do it for decades and decades and over and over and over again and still don't really get there. And the reason why they still don't get there is because they don't give themselves permission to be like, you know what, I'm complete. I'm good. I know who I am now. I make a firm decision that I have come to that state of completion, the state of joy and alignment and peace, and I'm ready to just be me. So few people actually get there. Well, there, there are a few things that we need to consider out of all that. Very few people understand what's actually going on. Some do, but there's a lot of ego involved, right? Because I know people that have gone to therapists and just aren't vulnerable. They just don't want to open up because they don't want to believe that they have an issue. I have family members that are that way. And it's such a waste of time, right? Like they, they go to, to therapy for like 10 years, 20 years. I, I also know people like that. And it's like, so why aren't you opening up then? Like, what's the point? Why are you wasting everyone's time? Just to check a box and to say that they are. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm an advocate for therapy. I've been in therapy for years and it's helped me unravel a lot of traumas, learn a lot of things about myself. I've learned self-discovery through that. My therapist also is also a spiritual healer. So there are other, other dimensions that we've been diving into. And a lot of people are scared of what someone else would think of them, including what that therapist is going to think. Right. Yeah. I, I, when I first, when I first went into therapy many years ago, I did not open up. It took me several sessions to open up because I felt that I was going to be judged by this person in front of me. Just a couple of sessions. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I say a couple. It, it was probably a couple of months. There were probably four or five, six sessions. But that is mm. quick because and the difference is that I knew that I needed help because I didn't want to hurt anymore. Right. I didn't want to feel 
whatever I was feeling at that time anymore. I didn't want to be angry. I didn't want to, I wanted to figure out a way that I can radiate light and be the best person I could for my kids, for my family, and then for everyone else around me. And the person that I was back then was not doing it. I was self-absorbed. I was keeping that light within with a big wall around myself, right, to where it just couldn't get out. This is exactly the key. You just said it, that you wanted it yourself. And that's exactly why Mm -hmm. we can't push other people to change. It's impossible Mm -hmm. to force someone to change unless they are ready, unless they are eager and driven. And they're like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I, I want to become a better person. And that's exactly what happened in your case. It was like... I want to change. I'm ready. I'm like, give it to me. <laughs> yeah. And, and a lot of people just don't get that. They're so used to the pain or so used to the, the Dharma that they're in, right? That little cyclical river that goes back and forth and it's sad. And so I think people like you and I, through all of the things that we do, we need to bring awareness to this, yeah. that it's something that we all live with. I mean, we, we can go to therapy a few times and, and heal one part of ourselves, but please understand that the world is chaotic and it's dark and it's going to fill you up again. And that's why the constant coaching and mentoring and, and ongoing work is necessary, even if it's just a once a month chat. And again, it boils down to awareness, you know, to getting the, getting the word out and letting people know that, hey, there, there, there is a better way and a better life. Exactly. Such a great point. And at the same time, I would say that there's also a way where uh, at some point it's it becomes unnecessary to even have those one once a month type of conversations because you have found that that formula mm-hmm. that works for you. And that is something that I, I keep on seeing in the personal development world where so many people are on this never ending story to keep on to keep on doing, to keep on hiring people and all of that. And it can be also the same as, you know, sitting in a, on a therapist couch for 20 years. So mm-hmm. the key here is also to, to find the right coach or the right mentor or the right teaching, the right school, which teaches you that it doesn't have to be this never-ending story. The, the never-ending story is the perfect imperfection of life. That is the never-ending mm-hmm. story because it will always be... You know, there will always be challenges. There will always be something to deal with. That That is a given. That's just a fact. But for sure, you don't have to constantly work on yourself because you can find that peace and then go with the flow as you go anyway. And, and that's a good point. I've unraveled a lot and I have found peace. And now it's taken my journey to the next level, right? Because when it comes to purpose and it comes to your journey, it's you're right, it's it's... It's never ending, but it's never ending because of progression. There is always more. There is always more. Just like mm-hmm. I, I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish, and now there's just so much. It's it's opened my eyes to a completely different perspective. There's so much about about uh, spirituality that I want to learn. You know, there's so many things I want to go out to India. I want to do so much, and these are things that I would have never opened my mind or my heart to if it weren't for the initial step that I took to want to be better. You know, when there there are different things that you can find within that that'll help you keep growing. I just wanted to say that it's it's so synchronistic also because my partner just today is completing a book that's called Complete, which is exactly talking about how to feel complete, how to come to basically a decision, how to claim your your state of completion that you know what? I'm done with all this inner work. It, again, it doesn't automatically mean that there will not be things to work on here and there and tweak a few things here and there. But 
the difference is that you will no longer feel like there's something missing and that you're not there yet, that you haven't accomplished enough yet, that you still need to to, to work on yourself in order to get to that fulfillment or in order to get to that enlightenment, whatever it is that you're seeking. So there's no more seeking. You're like, oh, I'm already here. I'm already fulfilled. I'm already happy. I'm already content. I'm already at peace. And so the only thing that, that's happening is that, huh, in, instead of feeling like I'm never complete and there's always something to keep on chasing, now you're like, I am complete. And I will now function and operate from that place instead. Let me know when that book comes out because I do want a copy. Will do. <laughs> this is such a peaceful conversation. I can hear the wind and the birds and the wind chime and I can see the jungle behind you. This is awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm there with you. Yeah, it's I'm amazing. There with you. <laughs> and so now, how do you define purpose in your life? Mm. To me, purpose has become very simplified that it's just a matter of living life. And life in itself is purpose. And I am purpose. You are purpose. Everyone is purpose. So purpose is making the most out of your existence, making the most out of who you really are, what you're meant to do. And if that means that you are meant to have these amazing conversations with incredible people and host a podcast, that's part of your purpose. Mm -hmm. If that means being a father or a mother, that's your purpose or a part of your purpose. So it's just being who you really are in alignment. Now, I've been listening to uh, The Buddhas of Passion. That is a, a cool series. Would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about what that's about? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, it's not about Buddhism. <laughs> that's, that's something to keep in mind. The Buddhas of Passion is not automatically implying that we're about any religion or, or any specific philosophy. It's more about living from a place of completion, like I just mentioned, living from a place of a Buddhic state. Mm. And that's what it's all about. Living from a place of joy, inspiration, excitement, enthusiasm, peace, just doing things that really feel like a hell yes like holy moly guacamole count me in i want to do this thing and when you do that that's when you live from a place of passion that's why it's the buddhas of passion and so what the podcast is all about is about making the most out of life like squeezing your life as much as possible and doing everything that you can in order to be in that state in order to have fun in order to do the things that are so much fun to you that inevitably the right people show up, the, the right opportunities show up, the money shows up, the business partners show up, whatever needs to happen happens because you are following your excitement and your enthusiasm and your completion. That's what it's all about. I love that. You know, when I was, uh, when I was younger, I was just talking to, uh, a friend the other day. And, and when I was younger, I would go places by myself. I, I, I lived in a world of self, right? And so I had one key move. I would go, I would go to a bar or whatever it is by myself. I didn't go with anybody and I would meet one person and I would just say, Hey, uh, whatever, whenever I say something, laugh and just act like you're having a good time. And just by acting like we were having a good time, it automatically, we'd start joking and ha ha. Yeah, we'll have another drink. And then before we knew it, 
by the end of the night, we had a crowd of just people around us just laughing based off of, well, it was based off of excitement of nothingness. Right. And I was like, wow. And so it became, it just became a thing. You know, I'd go, I'd go in someplace and I, and some of my friends started doing it too. And we'd walk in, just start laughing, just smile, start laughing. I absolutely love that. Yeah. We would talk about nothing. We would just look at each other and laugh. Right. And, and then by the end of the night, people would be like, oh, yeah, uh, high five in each other. And it was always a fun time. It's amazing. It reminds me of this viral video that went viral a few years ago. Now, there was an actor who was hired to also to start this, like just basically laughing out loud in the metro, in, in the underground in Berlin. Uh-huh. And very quickly, the entire train was laughing, like <laughs> yeah. just the entire train was like, they, they couldn't, like, what the hell is going on? Like, everybody just started laughing, and you just can't ignore it. It's contagious. Nope. I got to see that. That's great. That's exactly what it was like. And, and, I mean, I made a lot of friends through it, you know. Now, moving on, how do you manage to find balance in your life with all of the uh, things that you have going on with your podcast, with your coaching, with the brain forest? There's n- nothing to manage, really. And that is Perhaps because I've done all the cleansing that needed to happen where I was cleaning up everything that didn't belong in my life anymore. I was cleansing everything that either was sucking my energy out or wasn't in full alignment or I wasn't inspired to do or maybe I didn't want to spend time with those specific people, for example. So that does require being courageous to say no to a lot of things and let go of certain habits, let go of some friendships. If it doesn't feel in alignment, let it go. And when you do that, then everything else remains in purity. It's like, okay, that's who I am. Like, this is what I do. I started painting just recently and it's how I love spending my time. And then I spend time with my doggies and then I spend time working with clients and then I spend time workshopping with my partner so there's always alignment to begin with like state zero or level zero is alignment simply because all the cleansing already happened and that cleansing has to happen once in a while to really clean even more in, in the household, for example, when it comes to what you're wearing, what you're putting in your body, how you're exercising, what your day is filled with, what's your routine and stuff like that. But once you have that ground zero, level zero nailed in alignment, then there's nothing to manage. That is awesome. In essence, your life is balance. Yes. I love that. Now, what, what legacy would you want to leave behind for the world? I would like... A movement where people are living from a place of completion so I would like more and more and more people to not just talk about living an enlightened aligned complete amazing exciting magical miraculous life but to actually live that and I would like that to become a movement where people start, again, being infectious and contagious and where others want to join and to learn mm. how to live that way too. How does that start? How does that start is by starting yourself. And that's exactly what we're doing with the brain forest. I love fact. that. So we live this way. And that's why also at the moment, 
everywhere you see my name, I say that I am a leader by example. Because like I said earlier, I'm not three or 10 or 100 different people. I'm the same person. You will experience me in different environments the same way because I am the same person. And that's why leading by example is exactly how you start. You are that. You be that. And when you be that, then others also want to join. That is true. And I do see your name a lot. (laughs) Now, there are many people out there struggling to find their way, to find balance, to find peace. What's some advice you would give someone who's struggling? Get curious. Really become curious of what's really happening. Because a lot of people are just dwelling and being sorry for themselves and staying in that victim mode. But the one thing that will get them out of that place is to get curious, to be like, why am I feeling this way? Instead of being like, I am feeling this way and stating that as a fact, being like, why am I feeling this way? What's actually going on? Like, how can I understand myself better? And just that one inquiry is going to open a can of worms that you will have to go through and unpack. But that is the beginning to a much better life. Great advice. Thank you for that. So over at at the Brain Force, at the, at the uh, I'm not going to call it a retreat, but what would be called a retreat that's not a retreat, <laughs> are there psychedelics? It's not necessary. Basically, what we do is because my partner has had uh, experience with psychedelics for eight years. He has been co-hosting ayahuasca retreats for eight years. Mm. So he has over a thousand psychedelic experiences himself, and he has facilitated these kind of experiences for thousands of people. That doesn't automatically mean that we are going to focus on psychedelics because we see that you can also achieve the same results without psychedelics or going beyond psychedelics. In some cases, in some instances, for some people, it can be a beneficial experience to have. And that's what we will definitely do and be more than happy to facilitate. But it doesn't have to be. So my personal experience with psychedelics was very short and very, very profound and definitely very eye-opening and life-altering. So I had just a few microdosing experiences and then I had two ayahuasca retreats, which means I was drinking ayahuasca 10 times in total. And it has really given me so much for for the rest of my life, basically. And I definitely am very thankful for that experience to my partner, but also to ayahuasca itself, as it's called the sacred plant of of the forest. But it doesn't have to be necessarily the one path to where you want to get to. Yeah, I've just, uh, I I know a few people who've who've gone to ayahuasca retreats. Also, uh, I began retreats and I've known quite a few people. I've read, I've heard, I've I've seen people like Graham Hancock, um, even Aaron Rodgers that have talked about the benefits of these types of retreats. And it's always been intriguing to me, which I've I've never done it. I'm, it's not out of the question, you know, but it, it's it's really, really cool to hear about. And Right. That's why we call it experience, because it's something that you can't really describe, because it's so unique. It's so different that you can't put it into words. It's impossible to describe to another human being what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And it's such an incredible experience if facilitated right if it's with the right people in the right environment, mm. with the right atmosphere, with the right energies in 
if it's done well, then it's amazing. But I also know some people who have done it wrong. Mm. And what they did is they, they were just hanging out at home in Berlin in a small apartment and they put on music and they were hanging out with friends and then they would do something like this with such sacred plants such as ayahuasca and it's just not the right thing to do and i am not the right person to really say at the end what's right and what's wrong so my partner tio has way more experience and knowledge about all of this but the one thing that i really learned from my own experience and from his experience and everything that i learned is that choose the right environment and the right people to do it with choose the right teachers to help you who will facilitate and hold space for you in those experiences because it will definitely change your life. That's awesome. We'll have to get Tio on the podcast to talk about the retreats and also his book complete. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. Absolutely. Well, thanks for hanging out with us today. It's been a pleasure having you and, and thank you for the awesome jungle atmosphere. It's really kept me at peace. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great pleasure and I hope that this podcast goes on and on and on like you said you you are so in love with doing this and i really do hope that you will continue for as long as you feel like well thank you for those kind words now if any of our listeners want to get a hold of you and learn more about you the brain force retreat how can they do this is there a website they can go to yes the best place to go to is redefiningsuccess.co.uk or another website of tio is theinfinitezero.com. Very good. And I'll also put these up on the show notes too. That way people can just click and, and see. Brilliant. Awesome. Well, thanks for hanging out today. Thank you so much. Balance Purpose Podcast was created and hosted by me, Ray Trevino, and is produced and edited by Nick Goldney. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Check us out at balancepurposepodcast.com and on Instagram at balancepurposepodcast. Remember, Finding your purpose is a journey, not a destination, and it takes time and effort to achieve balance. Make it a great day.